Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Warriors This Week continues on 95.7 The Game. All right, one hour and two to go up until 12 o'clock here as always on Saturday mornings. Evan Giddings alongside Dan Devone with you on Warriors This Week. And, uh, you know, Dan, we're just talking about how freaking bad defense is in the NBA. Like, it is absolutely unbelievable. The Warriors right now average about 118 points, and they're like a middle-of-the-pack team. Like, they... Nobody plays it anymore. Like, defense is optional. Well, in the you know NBA. what? Let me retract that. Well, I don't think it's a lack of effort. It's like, you know, basketball back in the 80s. I think that's part of it. Back in the 90s. Maybe. I just think that there are so many shot makers in the game today. Kind of what I said at the end of the last segment. That everybody, I don't, you can take the worst teams in this league from Washington to <laughs> Charlotte to Utah to Portland, and I'll give you three guys or four guys that can fill it up. It always wasn't that way. I just think that everybody can score the basketball. And so if you're, you know, through the course of 82 games, you know, there's going to be battles of lethargy and lack of incentive. And they always talk about the battle of attrition. When you have your guard down now and say it's a Tuesday night in January, February, you know, the opposing team's capable of putting up 140, 150 points on you. Oh, yeah. The Dodgers could go for another 73. I mean, that's just the way the. The game is being designed right now. And that was the thing. He needed to score 73. They won by five points. <laughs> Scored 148. He had 73 of them. And they needed every last bucket from Luka Doncic last night. That's the most points in an NBA game, by the way, since the late, great Kobe Bryant, who I believe yesterday was the four-year yeah. anniversary of his death, along, of course, with his daughter and everyone else in the helicopter crash. So um, keeping them, as always, in our prayers here on Warriors this week. But let's get out to the phone lines. 888-957-9570 is the number promised Austin right before the break. We get him on one of our favorites here on 95.7 The Game. What's happening, Austin? How you doing, my man? Hey, fellas, what's going on this Saturday? Hey, listen, I'm enjoying the show. Hey, Dan, you hit on something earlier, man. I think that, um, you know, as a fan, I, I've moved on from this year. I, I think that the plan should be thinking about next year and the youngsters and really, uh, you know, it, shouldn't be, it should be organic. Uh, I think the Warriors really missed an opportunity to have guys like Clay Thompson really sitting on the – he should be coming off the bench now, and it shouldn't even be a, a big deal. But the problem is they didn't develop guys. They didn't allow Kaminga to be Kaminga. And if people forget that, you know, Kerr seems to focus on what Kaminga doesn't do well. And I never understood that. You know, every player in the league that, that's, that's become great, especially the youngsters, had flaws. And this notion that this guy's got to be perfect before you put him on the court is, is ridiculous. So I think that's the miss. Uh, we should not be talking about this museum. You know, I went to the game against New Orleans guys. <laughs> I got to tell you, as a fan, oh, yeah. it felt, it felt more like, inter- it felt more like entertainment. Um, than it was basketball, especially with Clay and stuff. And Clay in particular right now, and I come down on Clay hard, but the reality is that Clay really isn't impactful. He scores points, but the points he scores typically aren't in crunch time. Um, I know they all count, but this notion that we should be running with this Clay splash brother thing that we keep hearing is just ridiculous. So I just think that uh final thing is next year, it's about next year and the years after this year, the Warriors are not going to go anywhere. If they make the play-in, they're not built for the play-in. So I think it's really, as a fan, I'm focused more on the future, and I think that's really being real, guys. What do you think? Thanks. I think you're spot on, Austin. I think that 
Look, Clay Thompson is someone we always go back and forth about. Right now, he's averaging 17.5 points. He's shooting 42% from the floor, 39 from three, which are below his career averages. We know he's not the defender that he used to be. I think the the starting versus bench aspect is something that is not going to be broached this year. Number one, because of the reverence for Clay, which is kind of in the middle of all of this, and not just with him, but with a lot of players on the Warriors, but also because it's in a contract year, and, and I just don't think that they want to kind of, I, I guess, ruffle his feathers. And, and that's part of it, too. Like, you know, the Warriors are in a position where they're uniquely in a spot, Dan, I think, where. As much as, yes, you would ideally love to continue and just transition as quickly as possible and move on from certain guys or move roles around, you do have to take into account, I think, that there are four-time champs on this roster, and the young guys know that too. And I think that's also in the back of their heads when Kaminga's coming up the court and he's looking around and saying, okay, instead of getting mine... Well, I got to make sure Clay gets his first or Curry gets his first. I think they are moving past that. It just hasn't happened as quickly as people want it to, and I understand why. That's one of the reasons why they're losing games. But I, I can see a light at the end of the tunnel, and I think there's a reason why Kaminga is averaging as much as he's averaged the last you know, five or six games, even why he's played as much as he has the last two months, is because he is beginning to look for his shot. He is beginning to reorganize that kind of veteran to young guy hierarchy. Yeah, well, you see a light at the end of the tunnel. All right. Ev, come on, man. Let's do this. I'm telling you, man, well, there's, there's optimism. I don't know about this had. season, though. <laughs> I don't know about for this season, though, Dan. You know, when it gets to, to Clay Thompson, okay, I, I'm one of those that I don't necessarily, you know, err on the side of sentimentality. That It's all about what's just going to give my team the best opportunity to win basketball games. Contract year, the fact that you've been so instrumental in us winning, you know, four NBA championships, all that has to be set aside when I just look and live in the here and now. Is how do I beat the Lakers tonight? If you can contribute to doing that, well, then you're going to get play. If, if he's going to start, I think that Steve Kerr, and this is the message, the subtle message, again, when we talk about how do, you, how do you get that across, how do you cultivate and change the culture for the youngsters so that they know that they are now a prominent part of this team and should it come down to the final seconds of a basketball game that they have full reign to do what it is that they want to do should they have an avenue or crease to the basket that they don't have to defer to the veterans, if you will. Much like that of Kevon Looney, who will start, and then you may not see him for three quarters. If yeah. Clay Thompson starts, you know, I'd start him, but then I would bring him into a basketball game only when I feel as though I needed, if, if the opportunity suited and there was a need for somebody to come in and, and give me maybe some offensive uh, input or some qu- quick instant offense. Like, I- I'm just giving you an examples of mitigating his role and role being the operative word of having him be more of a role player now that he's he's going to be I think 34 years of age yep. coming up in a week or so here and so as he gets into his mid-30s while he can still be an impactful player and he can still shoot it when open and he can still do good things but it's now in a more limited capacity that's what you got to get your arms around I also want to get into Jonathan Kaminga and trade talk I hope Ev Oh, that all of us? Wait a minute. And Mike Dunlavy? <laughs> can we get him on, on line two here? We have an opening. We got to, you know, can we just now make it official that you have that press conference either before the game or maybe after the Laker game where we just officially now say Jonathan Kaminga is not for sale? Oh, you're finally coming around. Yes. Huh? And Ev has been on this way <laughs> before me. Jonathan Kaminga is untouchable. Next, because that's where we're at. He cannot, after what we've seen, not only over the last couple of weeks, but over the last five games, I think he's averaging somewhere like 27 points a game. Yeah, There's no way in hell, let me reiterate, there's no way in hell that Jonathan Kaminga is going anywhere. It was funny. I think the last time you and I were on talking about the Warriors, we were discussing like the untouchables. <laughs> and there was only one, right? When the Shamshirani report came out earlier that day or earlier that week about how Kerr is the only one that's not on the trade block table. Everyone else could get moved. There is now another untouchable. <laughs> there is an untouchable, and his name is Jonathan Kaminga. Not because he's all of a sudden just going to be the perennial all-star and he's going to be making all-NBA teams, although I think he's got the potential to do that. But because he has taken the third-year leap that everyone wants from him. 
that everyone was hoping could be last year, maybe even in his rookie season. He's finally getting rope. Some say it's not enough, but he's making the most of his opportunities. And he is shoving his foot into the door and kicking it down in terms of getting into the group of valuable and contributing, and even, you know, those veteran type of players that Kerr has to prioritize. He has to prioritize Jonathan Kaminga, and it's because of J.K. I think Kerr's mind has been open, yes, and there's maybe a little bit more of a transition, but it's more because of Jonathan Kaminga than because of Steve Kerr. And I think Kerr would tell you that, and I think Kerr would welcome that because he's been waiting for this kid to to consistently, you know, show him. And he did last year when Wiggins was out to show him that he's ready to do this night in and night out. And from the time that he was out of the rotation against Portland, I think before the new year, until now, he has been a mainstay, and I just want to give him his flowers. And it answers one of the big questions that we've continually had throughout this season, and again, going back to the playoffs last year, is who's going to be the number 2 for the Golden State Warriors? Andrew Wiggins was that guy, but that was two years mm-hmm. ago. He was off and on last year. Clay Thompson, as I've reiterated, at age 34, soon to be 34, is just not that guy consistently. So who's the number 2 for the Golden State Warriors? Who can score the basketball, not name Steph Curry? To me, that was the most glaring and the obvious takeaway when they got bounced from the playoffs in the second round against Against the Los Angeles Lakers in Game 6. They didn't really address that. They went out and got Chris Paul. That's not the guy. So I think that in the perfect world, they were saying to themselves, and I mean the hierarchy that are the Golden State Warriors, that it maybe it's in-house. Mm-hmm. That Jonathan Kaminga can make that step so that we don't have to deal you know, future assets. We don't have to get off of... You know, we don't have to get off of draft picks. We can find that guy who happens to be right under our own nose, and that's what's coming to fruition. He has now established himself as the second scorer to that of Steph Curry, which why it lends towards a level of optimism, at least according to me, for the Golden State Warriors going forward. Yeah, and quite literally, he's he has been. I mean, he's aver- he averaged or has averaged in the month of January just about 20 points per game. And that is second most on the team behind Steph Curry. Like you're talking about, you know, the amount of guys that can score in the NBA now, right? Well, last year in the NBA, there were 44 players that averaged 20 or more points per game. There were nine 10 years ago in the league. So there has been an absolute explosion of players that can fill it up at a high clip. Unfortunately, the Warriors only have one player right now that can get you consistently or has gotten you consistently 20 points per game for the entire season, and that's Steph Curry. Not even Klay Thompson can do that anymore. And of course, other guys on this roster either don't have the ability or haven't been given as much time. Kaminga is a 20-point-per-game scorer right now and has been doing it for a month. That is not insignificant. And at 21 years of age, that is certainly something that should be welcomed and appreciated by the Warriors as well as their fans. 888-957-9570 is the number. Speaking of Kaminga and his flowers, let's go out to a friend of ours, Magic in Dallas. What's going on, Magic? How you doing? What's going on, gentlemen? Nice to hear you again. Um, I just wanted to call to give Kaminga his flowers because earlier in the season, I was one of the one of the people that kind of was comparing the the future of Moody and Kaminga, and it seemed almost at one point that Moody was getting a little bit more playing time, and Kaminga was in the doghouse, and Kaminga's ceiling has always been higher, in my opinion, but it seemed like Moody might be the one to to kind of take that over and be the one. But now it's it's truly showing that if you give Kaminga the leash to to have a little bit of freedom and not look over his shoulder, he's getting implored by the older guys, the Draymonds, you see him saying they can't, you know, guard you with an expletive in there, Um, and that wasn't happening before. So to see him kind of get get implored by these older guys to go to go at it and go to work he's it's it's really helping and it's given him the ability to to truly show what he can do and really when on the defensive end he has the athleticism and the speed and the quickness in order to be an elite wing defender and i think you know this is kind of one of those years where they're not going to make the they're not going to make the finals this year but to get him going and to have that continuity start to grow with the older guys i think it can bode well for them in the future especially if you make a move get some three point shooting around him, he can get to the rack on anybody and dunk on people, and Warriors haven't had 
guy like that in a long time. And so I, did, I just wanted to give him his flowers, and, and he's doing great. I think he could be a one of the one of the, like a, a perennial all star at one point if he keeps playing the way that he's playing. So uh, appreciate you having having me on again. You're my guys. Uh, look forward to calling again. All right, peace. Thanks, Magic. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I think Kaminga is. Well, he, he's taking the step, Dan, and and even for, just from an offensive standpoint, before we get to what he can add on defense, you know, again, in this month, he's shooting 60% from the floor. The three-point ball has been coming around at 38% for the month, but I love how he's not forcing it as much. He's taking it when he's open, but, you know, three, four attempts a game, you hit one. If you don't hit a couple in a row, it's okay. You don't have to continue to force the jump shot. Get downhill, attack the 10, because with it's almost like with every single drive to the rack, he gets more confidence that he can finish over whoever. Whether it's a big, of course, over smaller guys, he can get around some players if they're a little bit slow-footed. He is building confidence with with each and every possession, and it's just magnificent to see. I think this is the version of Jonathan Kaminga that everybody's been waiting for, and it's arrived. And why it gives a level of optimism, by the way, getting back to that article that he had with Marcus Thompson, that interview of The Athletic, and he said that nobody can guard me, nobody yeah. can hold me. Guess what? He's right. I don't think there's anybody in the NBA that can check this guy. And I love the fact that you got a young player that thinks like that. That's the dude. Those are the guys you want to go to battle with. He may not be always correct. He might be a little bit too brash at times, but those are the guys that you want to play hoops with. But when you think about the Warriors going forward, they've just f- solved, again, One of the biggest questions that continues to persist, and that was, who's the number two? Who offsets the scoring? Well, the guy just raised his hand and stepped to the forefront, and his name's Jonathan Kaminga. He's went up to Steve Kearns and said, I'm your guy. I got this. I got 20 to 25, if not, you know, 25 to 30, as he's demonstrated over the last, you know, two weeks. So now that you've got a number two, that's going to change the dynamic. I do think it's just a matter of time. It may start tonight. When people get the tape on this guy, and when they go ISO and they clear a side for him, that you're going to have to bring a second player. Otherwise, he's either going to dunk on you, he's going to beat you with that first step, or he's going to the line. All right? Those are your choices. And when you draw a double team, that just frees up what is, you know, then you become a really good, you know, shooting basketball team once again when you rotate and swing to an open clay, swing to an open step, or swing to an open Wiggins. But I think that now you have the number two. Say what you will about Draymond. I've always maintained this, that Draymond was your second best player before the emergence of Jonathan Kaminga for the Golden State Warriors because of what it is that he brings to the team defensively and as far as that intangible, quote-unquote, the immeasurable personality of this team. Now that Draymond's back, you've got a number two, and you've got the infusion of this youth with the likes of Pajemski and company, and I still get holding out some level of faith that Andrew Wiggins is going to play better basketball. And also, just looking at the law of averages, you cannot continue to lose this many games <laughs> and be in this many close contests and continue to come up on the short end. That just like playing poker or blackjack, at some point, the cards are going to turn. And when you think about that, the second half of the season for the Golden State Warriors holds a lot of optimism as far as where I sit. I'm not there yet. We talked about you're you're in on Kaminga, and I'm glad we got you there. I'm I'm still waiting to see on, on that, Dan. And and not to say I don't think the Warriors can you know potentially win some games and and maybe become a play in team. Um, a top five seed to me is out of the question. Maybe even a top six seed is out of the question. To me, it's it's try and sneak into this dance and maybe become a dark horse, kind of like you were last year. I think that's that's the ceiling for what this team is right now. We'll see what happens at the trade deadline, whether they move people, whether they don't. But the other thing you bring up about Kaminga, which is which is absolutely spot on, is like they need a second score, yes, but in a league in which there are sometimes three or four scores on those top teams, you can't not have a second option. Like you, you just can't. <laughs> Offensively, you're not going to be able to keep up with the rest of the Western Conference. Let's just look at the teams right now, Dan, that are in front of the Golden State Warriors. Because quietly throughout this season, the Warriors have not been an elite shooting team. They've been about average. They've been about an average elite or an average shooting team. They've been an average offense combined with a not very good defense is not a situation and an equation conducive to success. But they've been average this year. 
The Warriors have three players right now shooting 40% or better from three-point range. Steph Curry is one of them. Dario Saric is one of them. And Draymond Green is one of them. I don't know about you. I'm not sure how long Draymond's going to be able to keep that up. If he does, he's right now shooting 42%. God love him. The Oklahoma City Thunder, who are in first place, have eight players on their team <laughs> that shoot 40 or better from three-point range. The Minnesota Timberwolves only have three of them, just like the Warriors. The difference is they're the number one defense in basketball. The Los Angeles Clippers, you don't typically think about them as a great shooting team. They have six guys that shoot 40 or north from three-point range. Denver has four of them. They're also one of the most elite two-point shooting teams in basketball. The teams right now that are in kind of the Warriors arena when it comes to shooting would be like the Sacramento Kings and the Phoenix Suns. The issue is also if you have players that don't shoot at a high clip and that don't take shots... Well, then, right now, the Warriors have two volume three-point shooters, one of which you would consider elite right now in Steph Curry. Klay Thompson is closer to league average in terms of three-point shooting than to being in the elite upper echelon. The Sacramento Kings have six guys that take four or more threes a game. The Phoenix Suns have five guys that take four or more threes a game. That means that they are threats and that there are players all over the court that spread the court for other players. The Warriors don't have enough shooting right now, and Kaminga, even though he's not a great three-point shooter, at the very least is a scoring threat. They don't have enough of those players that demand respect right now from opposing defenses. To me, outside of Curry, occasionally Clay, occasionally Wiggins, occasionally Saric, occasionally Chris Paul. Like, they don't have enough players that consistently test an opposing defense, and that's, to me, where Kaminga has to be a priority. And maybe he frees up a lot of that. Maybe he changes the dynamic if now, going forward, he becomes that second scorer on the Golden State Warriors, an area that they clearly missed, and now if he's drawn that double team, or you have to be more aware of him, that maybe he just unlocks a lot of that. Again, I think it gets back to the fact that this is an old team. And I think the conversation is going to shift from who's the number two to who's the number three. But I'd much rather have who's the number three as opposed to who's the number two. But it's still a question for the Golden State Warriors going forward. It's about that offensive firepower or trying to find it. Let's sneak Price in in South City before the break here on Warriors this week. What's going on, Price? You're on with Dan and Evan. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Thank you guys for accepting my phone call. Yes, sir. Um, so I want to uh, talk about uh, um, Clay Thompson and um, Kaminga real quick. Uh, Clay, you guys were saying about his minutes um, like should be micromanageable. I, I feel like we're, we're trying to do everything we can for Clay's um, last year of his contract to, to prove, like, if we want to reset him, what his value is. You know, uh, so we're not like it. it and then Kaminga, he's he's real. I don't think he's untouchable because, yes, he's been coming on late uh, late of the last couple weeks, but um, going on for like five years after Steph retires, if he's our number two, but he, is he a facilitator? Can he get every the whole team involved as like a number one, like the the mm-hmm. face of the, of the Warriors franchise? It's, that's just my little bit of of the last two uh, conversations that I heard you guys talk about. Gotcha, Price. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think on the other side, Dan, we can get into this idea of you know, what the next step for Kaminga could be. Is it in other statistical categories? Is it continuing to just be the score for the Warriors? How does his role evolve and change on a team that absolutely needs him? 888-957-9570 is the number. As Warriors this week is halfway home here on a Saturday, taking up until 12 o'clock. Again, a reminder that later on this evening, the Warriors take on the Los Angeles Lakers. 5.30 tip and catch all the action here on 95.7 The Game with Warriors Live. By the way, live at Ballast Point Brewing Company beginning at 4.30 this evening. I'll be out there an hour before the game. Stop by, grab a beer, grab some food before you enjoy the Warriors. A hopeful victory tonight against a very good Los Angeles Lakers team as LeBron James and the rest of Tinseltown is in the Bay Area. Coming up next, we'll dig into another conversation. Also, yes, I want to get into Kaminga, but I think people were up in arms about a certain starter not being named to the All-Star game, and it has to do with the Golden State Warriors. That's what's coming up next on Warrior This Week. Dan Devone, Evan Giddings with you on 95.7 The Game.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. All right, we are rolling halfway home here on Warriors this week. Evan Giddings alongside Dan DeVoe as always. The legend, the bird. He always flies under the radar. The bird. And you, I see you, what you did there. You walk down the street and just say, give me the best play-by-play television network sportscasters right now. It's going to be Kevin Harlan. It's going to be the uh, Mike Breen. Buck. Breen's good. I like Breen a lot. Breen. Not enough Iron Eagle love. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're right. I think he's the most versatile play-by-play broadcaster, while also keeping the quality at a high level because he does the NFL. And this is also something, too, that, that's a little like... You, when you switch between professional and college, there is a challenge in that. Obviously, there's some different variations, some variations in the rules, but also the style of play is different, how the approaches are vary, and I think he does a fantastic job, about the radio and TV, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and you know, this gives me an opportunity to impart my advice to both you and my man Mark Grandy, Please do. two up-and-coming stars when it comes to play-by-play. Less is more. Sometimes just get out of the way. Just say what it is you need to say, and then just move aside. Let your analysts or whomever take over. The biggest mistake young sportscasters or play-by-play people want to do is command the mic, and then it just becomes verbal diarrhea. It's like the advice that you often hear head coaches try to impart on young referees. The game's not about you. Just get Thank out of the way. The Good game analogy. is not about you. Uh, but this show is about the Golden State Warriors right now, currently four games below 500, 19 and 23 after a one and one week. Of course, coming off of the, the tragic loss of Dejan Milojevic, trying to get back to some semblance of normalcy from the 609, the Comcast Business Text Line. The Warriors are going to put it on LA tonight with a statement win LFG. Well, I certainly hope they could pick up a victory tonight because the Lakers are a good team and they specifically, well, they're a 500 basketball team. They're a 500 basketball team. That's the only other team that's, you know, sinking faster than the Warriors. (laughs) They've been playing, they've been playing, well, actually, they've been been getting it going as of late, Dan, because they've been able to score the basketball like every other team in the NBA. But they're also a team that just generally gives the Warriors fits because, and this is something I think I saw brought up on the YouTube chat powered by First NorCal Credit Union. One of the biggest issues issues just like wholesale roster construction wise big picture stuff with the Warriors to me Dan is you look up and down the roster and you said this like they're old they're unathletic and they're slow I mean in comparison to the rest of the league now the Warriors are old but they're still athletic and they have the ability to play fast when they want to so you know, going back last year to the playoffs till now, I think one of the things that's kind of been swept under the radar with these two teams is like, well, the Warriors haven't necessarily changed either in large scale, you know, kind of discussions, how they've operated and how their roster looks. Like the weaknesses they had in that second round series against the Lakers, they kind of still have now. What jumped out at me, and I thought everybody else, was just they don't have anybody can score the basketball not named Steph Curry. And this sort of holds true for that first round against Sacramento. 
they would go as far as Steph would take them. And you pointed this out, that you, this is not a league with a, a one-trick pony. Maybe in baseball, you get into a short series in the postseason in Clayton Kershaw back in the day, although postseason Clayton Kershaw is not a good place to start. But if you get a pitcher who can you know, get a couple of starts in a short series, you got a shot, right? You can do it with one guy. Pitching beats good hitting. When it comes to basketball, especially the way it's laid out now, and this started, I think, with a big three when Doc Rivers, by the way, how the hell he got dusted off. Dude. <laughs> but Doc Rivers, back in the day with Boston, they were the first to sort of break that seal. of You need three, not only good players, but three stars with Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and, of course, uh, the third being... Paul Pierce? Paul Pierce. So, But this is, this is actually funny. You talk about uh, getting fired up like... Tuck Rivers was out in Philly because of the Sixers' inability to go deep into the postseason. <laughs> like he—he's the one championship head coach that I, not you have a ring. I understand, and that was a really good team. They had a big three there, but it's almost like because of the continuous playoff shortcomings, we're getting closer and closer to the point, Dan, where the first thing next to Doc Rivers' name is not championship head coach. It is shortcomings in the postseason. Like, if I told you that Doc Rivers has blown in his head coaching career three 3-1 leads. Nobody's done it more. He has blown, I think, four series in which he's been up 3-2. to two. He has also blown multiple series in which he's been up 2 to nothing in series. Like, if the Bucks were looking for a guy that was going to come in and be able to get them on track and help them do a deep postseason run, I know you can't go out there and hire a Hall of Fame head coach or go out there and get a big boy, but, I mean, Stan Van Gundy, I think, is available. Like, there, there's other guys to me that have better resumes than Doc Rivers right now, or as Guru likes to call him, Mock Rivers, than, than the guy that they went on and got. Also, by the way, they fired a head coach after a 30-13 and 13 start. I don't have an issue with him firing Griffin. I, I just think he wasn't the right fit. Uh, you know, I, I think it's and one of those that's usually Ev, that's usually that's usually the players. Somebody Giannis or somebody was blowing into somebody's ear like he's gotta go. I, I think that, that you know, that just clearly speaks of players, Dame Lillard and company that wanted to change. And things were they just they were terrible defensively. And they recognized the doors ajar for them to win that title, although, you know, Good luck trying to get past Boston and or Philadelphia this year, but you, you know what you know what I, where I just you know lost all respect for Doc Rivers is you're right after what the way things went down in L.A. You're like how, who's going to hire this guy again? He can't get past the second round. And back in the day with Lob City, man, That's they were really stacked. good teams. But they would blow those three one leads. And you're like Doc, you cannot coach in the postseason. And then he gets an opportunity in Philadelphia again, a plug and play with the arguably the best player. And you know, Joel Embiid's a young man, and you you've got stars in that team. And then you bow out again in typical Doc Rivers fashion. But this time, when when he knew, he knew that he had the reputation of a guy that couldn't get it done in the second season. And what was the first thing he did? Now, not to defend. You know, Ben Simmons, but he threw it all on the kid. <laughs> just him on, he just the said, bus. yeah, well, you know, Ben Simmons, and granted, Ben Simmons and everybody, of course, you know, just got the crosshairs on Ben Simmons, and he wiggled out of that. But that's when I lost respect for Doc. I mean, you need some ownership, brother. Like, you cannot you cannot coach in the second season. By the way, Ben Simmons, yeah. I saw this the other day. There was a crawler. I was watching ESPN, and they said, Ben Simmons is expected back oh, boy. with the Brooklyn Nets, like, at the end of the week. I forgot he was in the league. I thought he was done. You know, it was funny. He actually was playing pretty well, especially for guys like plays seven games a year. He's played pretty well at the beginning of the season, and then all of a sudden, ah, he's out. And it's like a lingering injury. At least this time, I don't think it was, I don't think it had to do with mental health, but it was due to an injury just kind of lagging, lingering, and then now, yeah, all of a sudden, he's back. You know what I love about it, You can set your watch, though. During the summer, summer, he will release a video on social media of him jacking up shots, oh my God. in shape, hitting threes. Right-handed. Like, you know, man, he'll, he'll put that out, and then, of course, he'll disappear when it comes to the regular season. You're going to love that, man. For the, for the 5-1-0, the Comcast business text lines, Doc Rivers, the Trent Dilfer of head coaches. I don't, that, that's not bad. I'll give you three for that one. Um 
the, the other part of it too, and, and I think what we learned from the Milwaukee Bucks firing is like he, you can't you can't piss off your best players. It's still a players' league. Absolutely, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I don't think he's a coach killer yet, trending in that direction, but. Adrian Griffin did not get along with Giannis. He also, this flew under the radar too, he doesn't get along with Dame. Uh, Terry Stotts, who of course was a longtime head coach in Portland when Dame was there, just kind of up and left. Like they got into a verbal altercation after a game earlier on this season. Two days later, he resigned from the staff. And that is not one way to ingratiate yourself with your newest star player who you just went out and traded your old star player for, Drew Holiday. So, Adrian Griffin out, Doc Rivers is in. I think that also means that their their season is probably going to be coming to a close prematurely. And I wonder if we're going to get another type of press conference from Giannis about how there's no failure in sports. (laughs) There is no failure in sports. Well, they made a mistake by getting rid of Budenholzer. And you never trade. You can never upgrade for guys, glue guys like that at Drew Holiday. You look at teams that get to NBA Finals or teams that win, it's always because you get the guy that does the dirty work. True Holiday is like someone you just never trade. Talk about untouchable. By the way, we, I, I'm sorry, 5-1-0, I, gotta, I see your brother. We're jacking it up with Ben Simmons. Yeah. He wants to jack it. He's been littered throughout the entire show. Sorry, 5 Is that a reference well. to your let Jimmy Garoppolo jacket yeah. type thing? Jimmy jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Said that like five years ago, and it still sticks every show. Uh, how about this from the 267? Getting to Devon, better not wear your LeBron gear tonight at Chase. Okay, I'm not, not King James fanboys. Okay, by the way, all right, all right, Dan, let me let me come down the road of King James for a moment here. While we got the time. LeBron James should not be starting in the NBA All-Star game. I'm sorry. And it's not so much about Steph not starting because I think that Luka Doncic, who just scored 73 points, uh, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander, those are the two top guards in the Western Conference. They might be the two best guards in all of the NBA, to be quite honest. Steph did not make the starting lineup for the All-Star game. It was reported yesterday. LeBron James did, though, and he was named one of the top three forwards in the West. LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Nikola Jokic. Don't have a problem with those other two names. My issue with this is, and it's less about Steph than it is about LeBron, I understand there's a reverence for him, there's a marketability, people want to put his name and a captainship next to the name of the Western Conference, even at age 39. This guy's a legend, he's the best player I've ever seen, to be quite honest, but He is not a starter in the NBA All-Star game because he's not the best forward on his team. You will see tonight, and this this I do believe, you will see tonight at Chase Center who the best player on the Los Angeles Lakers is. It's not LeBron James. It is Anthony Davis. So if I'm going to be a fanboy for anybody, 2-6-7, it's going to be for AD because I think he's the best player. I think LeBron does not deserve to be a starter. And how about that for your fanboyship? Yeah, he's still, uh, you're right. I, I don't know that I can necessarily push back against that, but it's not it's not that much of a it's it's not all that glaring. He's still very good when you look he at the is. numbers. And he still facilitates I mean he's nearly twenty five points a game. He's, you know, over seven rebounds a game, seven assists, I mean fifty two percent from the floor. And not only that, it's all the other things that he does as far as his leadership. Uh, I'm not a LeBron James guy, if you've ever listened to me, but I I don't think you can deny the fact that he's still one of the best players in the NBA. Should he start? We're not splitting hairs necessarily. I think that if, you know, push comes to shove, I think statistically I would agree with you. But it's not, I I don't know that it's as as obvious as, as, you know, some of the mistakes that have happened in, in previous seasons. No, and, and the forward position is certainly less deep than the guard spot around the NBA in general. You look at the, all the top scorers in the league, most of them are guards. Uh, very few forwards, Embiid, Nikola Jokic, Giannis come to mind. But I also think, if we're looking at the West, uh, Durant, of course, but you're looking at the West right now, Jokic, yes, Durant, yes. To me, there's two other forwards that could be starting the game in, in front of him. And I know the voting is split up. It's like 50 percent fan voting so LeBron's going to get you know one or two in that category 25 percent from the players I understand there's a respect there as well but the media voting him the second best forward in the league to me is far I I don't know if they watch the games or watch the rest of what's going on in Los Angeles but there's another forward who's on a team that also plays in the same building that's not on his team that I believe has been playing better basketball and that's Kawhi Leonard so to me there's least 
including Jokic, there's four forwards that I would have in front of LeBron James right now being Jokic, by definition, the All-Star game, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, along with Kawhi Leonard, because I also think he does more for his team. And that team right now is 28-8 and in their last 36 games. So, You know, you mentioned the Clippers. Yeah. You know, I was one of those when James Harden went there. I was like, this is just stupid. But well, you were looking good for a minute. It started like 0-6. That might be the most talented team in the West. Ooh. Well, just think about it. From a ta- pure talent standpoint, I mean, the boys, they continue to throw at you from... You know, Harden, Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, George. I mean, they got Bones Highland. I mean, they got boys, man. Bones. Everywhere you turn. And they got the they got Powell, right? I mean, they got Norman, yeah. So much talent on that basketball team. But just to go back to LeBron James, I mm-hmm. digress. My apologies. Just oh, no, to go back can, to LeBron for a second. We can talk some This boy. idea. That because he's on a one-year deal with the Lakers, right? Because it's supposed to coincide with Bronny, who's going to come. Like out he's been of on a one-year deal yeah. the last ten years of his career. <laughs> so there's this talk that he's going to go join Bronny, right? Like that's how in he wants college. To walk well, off he's a, he's eligible. He's never After played this year. Yeah, Bronny's going to be eligible. <laughs> that's right? right. Yeah. yeah. So those two are, are sp- supposed to play basketball. That's sort of theoretically how LeBron wants to end his career. Have you seen Bronny play? Like this uh, dude yes, I actually have. It's not going anywhere. And I'm no, I'm with you. I mean, the idea that he's going to come out after this year and go where? You know? I, is is uh, Serbia? Yeah, I was just going to say, LeBron going to go play in Turkey? I don't know, man. I don't think Bronny is a bad basketball player. I don't want to besmirch the kid. He also was dealing with heart issues earlier this year, and I'm glad he's back on the court. But you're right. He's a starting college forward slash guard for a, a decent team. For like a D2 team? <laughs> he plays for the Trojans, okay? He plays for USC. He's a Division One athlete in a Power 5 conference. The Conference of Champions, by the way. Big win for Cal last night, Dan. Had to sneak that in. They there. got a kid, Isaiah Collier, who can go on that SC team. But aside from that, Bronny, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they've they put out good players before. What, uh... Um, oh, my guy. Mobley. Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley. I think his brother Isaiah, uh, I don't know if he's in the league, but uh, he might have got a look. No, they, they put out players before. Of course, DeMar DeRozan went to USC um, and the likes. But, yes, no, I don't think Bronny is a... <laughs> if he didn't have the last name of James, speaking of nepotism, he would not be in the NBA next season. I'm going to make this At awkward, least not right now. awkward transition when the trade deadline. Are you with me here? Well, I know we can still entertain trades. You talked about potentially yeah. moving off or getting... Who is it that you entertain that you you said would be a good fit with the Golden State Warriors? You mentioned a name earlier in the show or said potentially, you know, a trade that would involve... Uh, oh, Sarge? Sarge they, could they, be a could, good trade. I think, I think he's attractive to teams. I just... Not as a big boy, but... Now that Siakam's off the table... I just don't think there's there's anybody that makes sense right now. Everything you're going to do, I just think, is sort of a lateral move. I don't know. I just think you're standing pat. Mm. This is who you're going to take to the finish line. Because this doesn't make sense. Again, Jonathan Kaminga, now that he's untouchable, and again, he should just walk around the mean the game's ended with this little placard that <laughs> yeah. says, I'm untouchable. So should Dunleavy, you know, on those $5,000 <laughs> tailored suits from Hugo Boss, that he should have this embroidered... You know, Kaminga's untouchable on his in his pocket, yeah. where his pocket square should go. Don't touch Kaminga. He ain't trade. He's not going anywhere. Now that Kaminga's off the table, you're not going to get anybody of value back, right? That's the one trade asset that you had. So if that's the case, then what are we doing here? I agree. I think if there is a, a move to be made, and I, I still think it's kind of trending in that direction because. I think you stand pat if this team in the next eight games, Dan, shows you that they can pull themselves up by their own bootstrap, essentially, that they can dig themselves out of this hole. I guess I'm just not optimistic that that's going to happen because, like, tonight's every game for the for the Warriors is a tough game. Every single game is tough. And for the most part, They've been about 500 in those tough and tight games. They're 15 and 16 in clutch games. That doesn't scream to me a team that is going to all of a sudden go on a 10 of 12 run and jump themselves back into play-in contention or playoff contention. So unless they do it in the near future, I'm inclined to start looking toward the future. I'm inclined to start looking towards either next year or really what I would define as the next 
three years because that, to me, is how long you're going to look at Steph Curry and say, you can be a viable big piece of a championship team. I think beyond the age of 38 or 39, it's just unrealistic to look at that. But the next three seasons, to me, are the priority as opposed to the final three months of this season. So as far as the trade deadline is concerned, if you have any ideas, if you think standing pat is the most viable path. We do want to hear from you at 888-957-9570. Evan Giddings alongside Dan Devone with you here on Warriors this week. Mark is in Millbrae. What's going on, Mark? How you doing, my man? What's up, fellas? Yeah, we're still bitter about the ending of that game there uh, against the Kings. Would have liked to see Draymond have the ball there and get it up top to Curry to set up a better play than just dribbling it up and then trying to create one of those Curry magic moments there. But nonetheless, that's where the Warriors find themselves where they are right now because they've kicked away so many games late. They'd probably be, what, like a top six seed. You think about how many games, late-game situations they've blown leads or or even bigger leads throughout the end of the second half and find themselves. But in terms of this lineup now, I think Draymond, time to insert him back into the uh, – the starting lineup here. I love the way he keep coming to where he is. He's going to play major minutes, but this kid is looking like he's going to, he's balling right now. And if he continues to play like he is right now, he's going to get 30 plus minutes, keep him where he's at. And finally, you guys were talking about who would they like. I don't know if it would probably inquire to take Kaminga because I don't think they would have Wiggins. To me, I think the perfect guy, and we would definitely have to move on from Clay, but to me, I think the perfect guy is Deontay Murray. You look at what he can do. He can, he obviously is a lockdown defender. He can give you 20 plus points. He can play the ball. He can play better off Curry in terms of he doesn't need the ball in his hand. He's a better playmaker. Um, I'm, I'm wondering, do you think Atlanta would be willing to take some sort of package with Wiggins and a mix of other players? Cause I think if you pair him with, with Curry, I think you have the next wave in terms of being probably the best backcourt in the league. Cause that kid is unbelievable. It looks like Atlanta is a rebuild mode, or do you expect that Murray's going to get better offers and they're probably not going to have enough to uh, entice the Hawks? Well, I'll take your thoughts on that. Thanks. That's a good question, Mark. I, I do wonder, like, DeJounte Murray, and I know the Warriors just beat him by 20 points a couple of games ago. To me, he's a like he's an interesting player because I, I don't... He's a guy on paper, I think, looks a lot better than he actually is, but... He does have some explosiveness. I don't think he's as good of a defender as people make him out to be. To me, the asking price would be too much. And I also think Atlanta would ask for Kaminga if you're going to try and get DeJounte Murray. Yeah, you're not getting him. Because, yeah, to your point, Kaminga is going to be in that deal. And once again, yeah, Kaminga is now untouchable. I'll say it for you, Dunleavy. Kaminga is now untouchable. But DeJounte Murray, yeah, he puts up big numbers, but is that what the Warriors need? Yeah, he would be an upgrade, right? If you're getting, and there's no way sure, you cannot yeah. entertain that conversation without Kaminga. GMs are not stupid. They're not going to like, you're not going to just simply give me Moses Moody, Andrew Wiggins, and some unprotected picks. Like, that, that's not happening, right? I'll just go, I'll hang up on you and go somewhere else if I'm going to trade this guy. But DeJounte Murray, while he'd be an upgrade, is that really the area of need? Getting a combo guard or sort of a three? They, I mean, don't they have a slasher in Kaminga? Isn't that sort of what Wiggins does? Again, to me, if you're going to get some, why Siaka made so much sense is because he could play that inside-out game and he could protect the rim and has more of an interior presence, which seems to be a glaring need on a nightly basis for the Warriors. I'm with you. I think, look, Murray would be an, another scoring option, and we talked about needing guys who can get you 20 in a game now in the modern-day NBA. So uh, there's that, but... Look, number one, the asking price from the Hawks has been multiple first-round picks. I don't think he's worth multiple first-round picks, unless you're talking about picks that are coming in the 20 to you know, later half of the first-round range. And right now, there is a question mark as to where the Warriors are going to be when it comes to the NBA draft spot in the next few seasons. I'm inclined to believe that their picks are not going to be worthless, but... I also don't think that you want to give up anything in the future because, I mean, look, Curry, Clay, and Draymond are getting older. If they're still around next season, there's also a potential that one of them could miss an extended period of time with injury. If they're important to your season, where does that go? I think you always need to protect yourself when you're at the tail end of a dynasty, and the easiest way to do that is through the draft. I mean, right now, it looks like Kaminga is flourishing as a great number 7 overall pick. And remember, that was a player that was projected to be in the top 3 of that draft. He fell to the Warriors, and now it looks like they're reaping the benefits of that. 
that. Of course, they got him in the Andrew Wiggins deal for uh, D'Angelo Russell. So picks are valuable for Golden State. I mean, heck, just look at the first and second round picks from this year. Brandon Pajemski is already into the rotation. Trace Jackson Davis didn't play against Sacramento. I think he's going to play tonight, by the way, because there's a lot more size in the Lakers than there is for Sacramento. Uh, but he's someone that I can see being a future five, potentially spelling Kevon Looney in the near future. So they've shown that they can use those picks and turn them into viable players. It's now just about basically keeping those picks and hopefully trying to contend in the meantime. And the fact that Trace, I'm glad you brought up Trace Jackson Davis. That's another perfect example when we talk about Steve Kerr. And I hate doing shows. I think it bottom feeds when you go off there a head coach because the team's struggling. I don't want to be that guy. But this year more than any other, I think, has been a real struggle for Steve Kerr. And he'd be the first to admit it. He's never had to deal with a team like this and decisions that he has on a nightly basis. But Trace Jackson Davis gets right back to where it is that we started the show and sort of this imbalance of do I continue to go the way of these elder statesmen or do I now recognize that the youth, starting with Jonathan Kaminga, now have to be sort of the centerpiece of this team going forward. And Trace Jackson Davis, while we've seen, I don't know if he hit that proverbial wall as a rookie, but his his play has, has not been as effective as maybe early on in the season, but he needs to get run. And again, even when maybe he's missing an assignment or maybe he doesn't do something well on the offensive end, it's that youthful energy. There's nobody, again, that can come over in rotation and make that block as he did against Jalen Brown, which still stands out when I talk about if someone was to ask me, what are the individual plays this year? Give me a top three. Right at the very top was that block he had against Jalen Brown, in which was really sort of his coming out party, that that's the youth and the athleticism on an older team that you need just to have somebody who can run the 94 feet and just beat everybody up the floor. That's such a glaring weakness right now on what is clearly becoming, we don't use this word very often in describing the Warriors, but they're an old basketball team. And that, as much as we want to get into the minutia and pull back the weeds as to defense and all these other things, when you're old, you're no longer as good or relevant. And you need, I'm not saying, I'm, I'm not discriminating here because I still think there's obvious value to Steph. He's your best player. And Clay, but on a much more limited capacity and recognizing Trace Jackson just simply because he's young and athletic. I didn't realize I went over. All good. 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings and Dan Devone will continue to try and balance this roster for the Warriors. Young versus old. Get into the conversation. We got one more hour left here on Warriors this week after this on 95.7 The Game. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.